0: Alright, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Joe Talks. I'm Sergeant First Class Nathan Hutchison. I appreciate everybody being here with us. Uh, we've got a very special guest this uh, this evening or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Um, but once again, uh, I'm with OCPA LA, OCPA West. We are the Office of Chief of Public Affairs out in Los Angeles. We work with the entertainment industry, and we also try to bring you the best and brightest and the most entertaining that the Army has to offer through Joe Talks. Today I have Sergeant Major Santantoniano Smith. Uh, He is coming from us from probably the farthest away that we've done a show so far, Uh, but I'll let him talk talk to you about where he is and, and how the Army got him to this point. Sergeant Major, take it away. Hey, I
1: really appreciate this time uh, to be here with you, with you all. Hello from Poznan, Poland. Um, I've been here roughly about four months, and it is what a unique honor I have to serve the people of the United States of America. Um, My journey started off in North Carolina. I'm from a small town called Lake Ranch. And uh, throughout my journey, I joined the Army really to get out of that small town and get away from some bad influences that I had going on. So at the ripe old age of 18, I decided to take a different course of action for my life and I joined the Army. Well, it was set me on a, a, a very adventurous path, uh, I must say, as you can probably tell coming from you all the way from Polesna. um, But my career has been very unique um, as I've been to many locations um, across the world, pl- places that I would have never dreamed of, from Kuwait to um, Hawaii to Japan, um, all over uh, the continent of the United States of America, and uh, definitely in foreign lands. So when I joined the Army, uh, one of my goals were, was when I joined was to really just try to figure out what I, what I wanted to do in life. And then from there, my thoughts was, I'm going to transition now, go back to North Carolina and um, do something big. I really wanted to to kind of run a -A, Chick-fil-A because the chicken is just delicious, right? Um, So that was my goals and my hopes and my aspirations. But the Army had some different choices for me. So as I kind of moseyed along through my career, um, I went to Fort Hood, Texas. And then immediately after Hood, I went to Germany. During my first tour in Germany, I got selected for um, Recruiting Command. Now, recruiting was one of the most difficult tasks the Army uh, had, really, had really tasked me with at that point in time in my career. Recruiting, though, taught me so much about the industry, about communities, about um, different places, and um, just understanding people really, and and knowing everyone has a different story. Everyone joins the Army for different purposes, reasons, and um, some join for for college, some join for just service the country, some join for, you know, situations. It's just so many different reasons why we have uh, different sons and daughters in this uniform, right, all which I'm grateful for. So doing my recruiting tour, I really made it, my goal to always be number one, uh, for my name to always be mentioned, because I understood the unique opportunity that I had as a young sergeant at that time to to be the face of the army, to bring people in to service um, who may not have ever thought about serving, but joined this great organization and just understood like, oh man, this is something that I wanna continue to do. Um, even if it was just for four years, or three years, or six years, maybe lifers, right? But it was a very unique opportunity for me to to really um, help people decide or try to figure out what it what they wanted to do in the future. At that point, Usherick um, offered me um, a, an opportunity to stay, um, but I decided kind of against it. And then they pushed me kind of to this career counselor brand, right? I didn't really know what they did, but a career counselor is pretty much the individual within your organization that helps you transition your goals, whether it's to remain in the Army or transition out of the Army. Um, so that path really was something I was, I was passionate about because I love recruiting, but I also love to mentor uh, young soldiers and actually be an advocate for them with leadership and kind of be the eyes and the ears for the leadership to let them know um, how their organization um, was really reacting to uh, some of the policies and other things that they had out there, right? So what I never could have imagined was that at the, the age of 29, I was struck by cancer. So I was on my way to, to, to get ready to deploy And I was really ready to deploy To to Iraq Um, I'm in Germany for my second time And um, They found I had cancer So now Now I have to fight a different war Something I was Very unfamiliar with Something that I couldn't have imagined At that particular age Something that really Is scary to hear right? Anybody hears cancer You automatically think death So I really had to take a knee for almost two years, really battling for my life. And during those two years, what I would tell you all is that the Army, the organization, stood by me 100%. They allowed me to focus on myself, to get better, and really um, to understand what. What life was really about. So it really changed my perspective on a lot of things because just to be very honest with you, sometimes I think that we as soldiers can we battle with the organization. Because when things go wrong, we say man, the army sucks. The army did this. The army does did that. But it's really the leaders that's, that are in front of us. And instead of You you know, I was telling one of my friends prior to coming on to the show I said hey um, I know someone that works at Shell when Shell relieved him um, of his duties he said hey man my boss Johnson you know he fired me today for whatever the case may be he was upset with Johnson but he never said any negative thing about Shell but for whatever reason when someone gets out of the army it's all negative about the army um, for for whatever reason, but the organization took care of me at my most vulnerable moments um, when I really couldn't figure out what to do, and they made sure I received the care that I needed while taking care of my family, while allowing me to take care uh, take a knee, and I still was getting paid. They also gave me a sense of purpose what a lot of the people that I was taking chemo with didn't have um, because they were not working. But at the same time I was doing a little work just enough to keep me busy in my mind off of it. But my whole point of bringing that up is the Army took care of me in some of my most vulnerable states. So I transitioned from there. And as you can see, I've done some amazing things because I'm sitting before you now as a sergeant major. And at that point in my life, I was a staff sergeant. So I really had to work really hard um, to make sure that I could show the Army my worth. Um, this is why my journey has probably, is probably a lot different from others um, but very similar to a lot you know that might be confusing um, but it's different from others but similar to a lot because there's a lot of individuals that um, fight different um, diseases and things like that within an organization and the army always uh, at have their back at least I hope they would I'm only speaking from my experience but when when I transitioned from that piece and now I sit before you and pose non-polling deploy um, um, I just honestly um, wanted to come out and give everyone that's watching this podcast a, a word of encouragement and hopefully what I just told you about my own career. If you're going through something, never let anyone tell you, you can't make a certain rank or you won't be able to do anything in the army that's going to be valuable because you can still overcome anything that um, that comes your way. You know, we, we, we're all hit with barriers that we have to figure out how to maneuver through. But are you going to lay down or are you gonna stand up and fight? Um, and that's the one thing I love about this organization they teach you how to fight constantly um, but that's really my story um, to the army for, for the army excuse me
0: so sir major if uh... if you don't mind can we go a little bit farther into um, your time during you know when you had cancer uh... and going through that process with the army um, because i would i would imagine that what most people go through with cancer it's, it's bad all the way around right uh, but dealing with the military uh, I would imagine that they they handle it you know at least motivationally and everything else a little bit different than than the civilian sector might right the, the way the attitude that they come at you with about uh, about the disease um, is probably a little bit different um and and maybe maybe unique in that way but can you elaborate a little well,
1: bit yeah absolutely absolutely sir well what I would tell you is um being hit with stage three cancer um and and thinking about you know death right uh, and death being imminent um to my to my person, right, to my life, right? Um, The army, as an organization, made sure that I still had my pay entitlements and benefits. There were individuals within the organization that really let me down, right? Um, But there were a plethora of them whom I did not know that reached out to me once they found out about my situation or heard about my situation. Um, because really I was I was in a point to where I felt like and again I blame the army right the army doesn't really care because no one's contacted me no one's did this for me and then to find out that it was pushed out on different platforms from my 79 Sierra career counselor uh, family and I started receiving calls from individuals I didn't know sergeants majors uh, sergeants majors excuse me and um, uh, different folks I didn't know that came to my rescue mentally to show me that what I believed was a fallacy. Um, So they showed me a different side of the organization and it really taught me that the army is amazing. Sometimes who's standing in front of you defines the army for you and that should never be the case. But when I was going through my chemo, I was really surrounded by individuals that gave me hope because they were a lot older than me. Many of them was, were veterans that were transitioned out of the army, um a lot older than I um and they gave me a source of strength that I didn't know I had. Right? Seeing I don't want to name any of the individuals that I did my chemo with um without their consent, but seeing, you know, the 60-old lady it's getting up every day. And I'm complaining because I'm I'm sick in the morning. And I'm sick in the afternoons. And I don't want to get up. And I got to drag myself to the shower. And sometimes I honestly slept in the bathroom because I just couldn't stop uh, violently, you know, uh, uh, I, I hate to sound disgusting, but throwing up. Um, and then to see her going through something similar and not complaining one time. Um, that gave me a social strength I did not have so in essence because they were veterans too who lived it who you know maybe didn't know the same warrior ethos I know but they lived by those same warrior ethos untaught Um, they gave me a social strength that probably on the civilian sector because I dealt with the civilian sector after Um, after my first initial treatment and it was a lot different people didn't have the same point of view you know everyone's vantage point is is a tad bit different so their their mind frames were a lot different but um, the army definitely took care of me during probably the weakest moment of my life I would say
0: So you brought up, so this, this ties into that and ties into the, the comment you made about the shell. and uh, So it's true that people look at, you know, it's always, oh, the Army doesn't treat their soldiers well. the just the Army does this, the Army does that. And it's, um, you know, I think there was a meme out there somewhere that, you know, it's the, well, nobody says, why do you feel this way or whatever, but. You know, nobody's nobody's talking about. Oh, the army, uh, you know, gave me this training for free. Nobody gave. You know, the army let me jump out of airplanes, and I, I didn't even know I wanted to do that. The army let me do this. Um, you know, that's always that's always brought on yourself, right? You know, I did I did that part. The army did all the bad stuff. Um, but really, we're talking about you know one of the largest certainly the largest organization in, in, let's say, the United States. You know, we're talking about a giant, multifaceted corporation, right? If we look at the Army that way, uh, you know, we got a a couple million people. Uh, When you got a couple million people, there's going to be, that's going to be a subsector of the United States. And there's good people in the United States. There's bad people in the United States. There are crazy people in the united states there are nice people in the united states um and you're going to have all of those we have a system set up that's supposed to um you know help maintain that and you know make the make the the best leaders move to the top um but it's a fallible system just the same uh how do you how do you deal with that as a career counselor uh when you have someone come in and they say you know well this is you know the the army is mistreating me, but well, not when not always mistreating you. But
1: yeah, well, you know the thing I love about soldier, being a soldier is that and you know, and I say say being a leader. Let me say that being a leader is I used to be in those soldiers' footprint, like I used to be in their shoes. So I used to really walk the same path they they they've walked, right? Complaining a lot. And so I always make them realize. I always ask them, hey, did you have a civilian job before you joined the Army? And nine times out of ten is yes. Where you work at? Um, let's, let's just use McDonald's for example. I was at McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's. I said, hey, so you have a wife now, and um, your wife's pregnant, right? Yes. Yes, Sergeant Major. So you, do you go to appointments? Yes, Sergeant Major, I do. Do you have to clock out? Uh, we don't clock out, make major. Right. So we do a lot of things in the Army that in the civilian world, they say, hey, go clock out. Or oh, you want to go to an appointment? Put, make sure it's on the schedule. Right? And we're so spoiled, and I say we're because I'm including myself, is that when someone says you can't go to someone else's appointment, like you can't go to your appointment because we have this, it's it's a, it's a significant emotional event, right? I'm, I'm raising saying myself. Like, hey man, what you mean? I can't go to this? Oh, that's crazy! I I demand, you know, let me see somebody else. I need to ask somebody else. Somebody else got to tell me no before I can't go to my kids' reciting, right? And then you know, you talk to some people that said, "What that's Because we work, we're on a salary and we work twenty four hours. Well, it's very rare the soldiers work twenty four hours. Right, we're soldiers 24 hours a day, but it's very rare that we work 24 hours. Matter of fact, it's really rare that we work eight hours in a day, right? Because a lot of our day we are talking right now. I am talking to you, right? Um, so one of the cliches about the military is we hurry up and wait, so we got to be 10 minutes prior to the 10 minutes, right? So there's a lot of things that we do. And as, soldiers, and as a leader sometimes I say That don't make much sense Why are we doing this So I understand why soldiers feel the way they do But anywhere else In the world You cannot do the things that you can do When you're working for the Department of Defense Because we are not We work And we work hard Especially if we're in the field NTC, JRTC you know operations like you, you know here now um but we get a lot of times well, so I try to remind soldiers about the good things that they they receive, and i and I try to remind them reality based right hey, insurance costs, you know, just for life insurance, health insurance, all these things that we don't really consider on a day- to day basis, because it's just available to us. Your kid is sick, you just take them to the clinic. You don't worry about co-payments, you don't worry about costs or anything like that. I always say to soldiers, look, the army is designed for anyone who's willing to work and serve in the army. Because I hear folks, including leaders, say the army is not designed for everyone. That's a fallacy as well. Anyone can do a lot of things, right? If you dedicate yourself and say, I'm going to try this profession. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be a lifer. But if you commit and you sign the papers, right, you need to try to do the best you can. And I'm not saying that we, we are perfect because Psalm Major Smith definitely has his flaws. I've had my flaws throughout my career. But I'm a part of an organization that has punished me for those flaws or, and rehabilitated me as opposed to firing me. Because A lot of these soldiers get out, get fired and then try to come back in the military. I saw it when I was a recruiter. In fact, I think when I was on the recruiting, almost, there was a statistic out there that says 82% of the individuals that get out of the army attempts at some point to try to come back in the Department of Defense as a whole. That's an amazing statistics. That tells me that the organization is doing something right to have people get out and say, this outside thing ain't for me. Let me see if I can get back in. Now, it may not work out for them where they can come back in, but it still is a, a beacon of, of, of hope to understand that they still try to rejoin this great organization.
0: and i so yeah great points the other looming thing that we have right now is the the numbers of enlistments that we have going on and um you know your your career probably gives you a little bit of insight of of trends and everything else but uh it seems kind of interesting that coming you know we're we're really kind of pulling ourselves out of the two wars that we've been in for uh... my whole career um and and we're ha- we're hitting some lows uh... do you think that that's a um, well it, it, what what insight that can you give you know without you know just in your opinion um, what are we kind of looking at, and you know, do you think it's a do you think it's a a mental thing, uh, or do you think that you know we're just you know hitting a rough spot?
1: So, so let me start out by saying this: this is my opinion, in my opinion alone, okay, um, and it definitely doesn't represent anything that has to do with the Department of Defense. But this is my opinion. I think it is the, the messaging, right? I think it is the things that we have going on. that I, I like to call it the 10 percenters, right? The, the 10% bad of an organization that is highlighted before the 90% group, right? So as you know, we've been in the news a lot um, for, for different matters, right? And I think what happens is, is social media has also kind of been damaging um, to a point to where um, we have some individuals that didn't do our young soldiers justice by you know protecting them as they should have against just some heinous, heinous uh, things right and the soldiers go and tell their story and when they tell their story on these platforms it reaches so many people so quickly right as it should because we have to do a better job and i say we i mean myself included as a leader into um, holding people that are that are doing egregious acts egregious acts in the organization Um, more accountable, right? And we have to do a better job at messaging how great this organization is, right? Because me as a parent, I would be fearful if I wasn't in the organization to allow my daughter to come in this organization, right? Hearing some of the young women's stories out here or to allow my son to come in this organization, hearing some of the young man's story, that stories that are on some of the social media platforms. But I think all these things can 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 be, you know, I don't want to say fixed, um, because we can't fix something that has happened. But I think what we can do. It's changed the direction in which we're moving, right? And we have to message that. And we have to message that to the American people um, because we're at a time to where there's threats all around, right? And that we need to make sure that we have an all-volunteer force, strong all-volunteer force, filled with the nation's great sons and daughters, right? But when they entrust their sons and daughters to us, we have to make sure that we're doing all that we can to protect them from the individuals within the organization as well. And I think the message, if we can get that message out by all the things that we've done to individuals that have committed some of these egregious acts and crimes, I think it would give more people uh, a, a, the ability to want to take a chance on the on the uh, military and I say military because I'm talking about it in a whole sense but that's my own opinion
0: yeah that makes perfect sense um yeah can,
1: can I add this if, if I was in if I was in recruiting right now right if I was in charge of recruiting right now I would I definitely would be in every high school in every single high school. And the message will be clear because even if they don't join, you want to plant the seed that the organization is amazing. And it really is, right? The organization as a whole is amazing. But if we're not planting the proper seeds and we're, we're outside of the schools, right? And I get social media is huge, but kids still go to the schools. They still eat lunch, right? They still go to different We have to still get after those small things. Now, I would definitely make that my focus, you know, in, in my opinion, that we would have to get after, really would have to get after messaging to our younger generation and showing them, because they're replacing all of us, right, and showing them and teaching them, hey, listen, help us make the change. Help us create I'll correct the ship's path, right? Don't be afraid to join. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to make sure I said that because it was pressing on my mind.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great, and I I would say that you know when you when you look at uh, when you look at the the uh, the TV shows and everything that are out there. I mean, you've got uh, you've got survival shows you've got ninja warrior shows you've got you know uh... you know ufc train ups and you know all these things and it seems to me that you know we focus on uh, what individual job you can do when the reality is, is being a soldier you have the opportunity to be physically active and you know involved and you know functional as much as you want to be right i mean that's that seems like a like an incentive to me uh certainly given given the the digital trend that we have going on that you know that there's a population out there that would say oh wait they, you know they got obstacle courses on every base and they've got you know uh you know opportunities for this and that um rather than you know i can you know do this individual job, Um, but that's, you know, my opinion that it's not part of the DOD as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, you know what, and
1: I think, again, I think one of the most unique things about being a part of this organization is, and I think, you know, every young person experiences it once they join, is you meet people from all over. You make friends from all over the world. I have friends in Japan, Germany, Alaska, Hawaii, um, the continent of Africa. I have friends in Asia. I have friends everywhere, right? Um, it's just a different experience. And it's just something that if when you're a part of, you see it like, oh, wow. But sometimes, you know. You know, you can get stuck in bad locations, and and that'll really, that'll really kind of pull your morale down immediately. Like if I'm 19 and they send me to some of these army installations, I'm like, oh man, this is horrible. I hate it. Right? And then you know, I I was I was fortunate. I went to Fort Hood. I loved it. Oh, man, this is the greatest place on earth, right? But I came from a little small town, um, uh, Lake Grange, North Carolina, in between Goldsboro and Kinston, North Carolina. So even though we had cities on both sides of us, and I really stayed in the city most of the time, you know, it still was nothing compared to Texas. When I got to Colleen, it was a culture shock for me. So I... You know, there's opportunities there for, for individuals to, to learn and just to learn different different cultural sets within the United States of America, right? Because uh, we're all different. We come from different places. And once, you know, you meet one another, you, you change your, your perspective about how you thought different people were based off of their geographic, ge- geographical location. So the army is an amazing organization. I, you know, I sing I sing his praises all the time. So,
0: well, my wife says that there's no bad locations, just bad attitudes. So. Ooh, <laughs> and we were had at had we, we were at Fort uh, Fort Drum, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and you know what? You you
1: tell you why she she she's right because I didn't think I would like Fort Riley. I've been trying to avoid Fort Riley, and I got there, and I love it. You know, I love it, and and it's mainly, it's not really because of the location. It's because of the people.
0: No.
1: It's because of the organization. It's because of those things that make you want to get up and go to work every day, it, and really be excited. So yes, that's I I guess I can't agree with that, but the location still kind of weird. When yeah, it's snowing yeah. outside, you're like ah. Oh.
0: But, you know, all these places are, you know, beautiful in their own right. You know, I haven't been down to Louisiana yet, so it's, you know, I hear things about the flies down there or the mosquitoes down there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that the food's great, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, look, so I I was stationed at uh, Fort Irwin, California, at NTC, and I loved it. Loved it. One of my favorite duty stations. Loved it. People hate going there, and I'm like, man, I will go back to, Brooke if the army would allow me. So I loved it, really did.
0: Well, you know, and, and Fort Irwin has opportunities that you know people just don't even think about. Well, we we brought a, a handful of soldiers to the red carpet, um, and it was. You know, I don't know if I would say it was life-changing, but it was definitely the most exciting thing they did that year. I mean, if you, you can just look at their faces and see that... And that, that was not an opportunity that they would have had anywhere else. You know, they had to drive a couple hours to get there uh, or ride a bus a couple hours to get there. But that is a unique opportunity that putting the location and the military together gave them that opportunity to to, you know, be treated special at a place where only very rich people get treated special
1: <laughs> right right absolutely um and and you know i i will tell you i was there i was able to go to um so many events um in san diego and la uh las vegas um and some of them were, were due to the army just straight due to the army and, and you know i wish i would have received that red carpet experience because you know everybody want to be active no, I think I'm the next Denzel Washington if I get the opportunity, right? Um, <laughs> so um uh yeah it it you know it's 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 a great opportunity and I know soldiers typically, you know, because the work is just so demanding there, sometimes it makes uh, soldiers like, oh, I don't want to go there, it's a lot of work. Yeah, you're gonna work. But there's so many great opportunities. And when you get time, you get time.
0: Well, sir, Major, uh, it's probably about dinner time for you. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we sign off?
1: So I just want to say to you all, hey, continue to be encouraged. If you get knocked down, get back up. That's it.
0: All right. Well, we really appreciate your time, Sergeant Major Smith. Uh, Thank you for that. Enjoy your time out in Poland and, and be safe. Thanks. I
1: appreciate it.